Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Clutch Conversations. It's your boy, Mike. We are back at you one more again, live on a Thursday night. I hope everybody is feeling all right. I'm feeling good, man. Y'all ready to do this? I know I am. But first and foremost, man, shout out to my lovely wife, Takar, for holding us down in the comments and holding the team down in general. Y'all definitely show her some love in the comments. Also, do us a silent and show the channel some love as well. Hit that like button. If you haven't already subscribed, definitely hit that subscribe button and make sure everybody hit that notification bell so you can get notifications every time we drop a video. For the audio only gang, audio recordings of Clutch Conversations are available on all major podcasting platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. When you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform please follow rate and review it really helps us out we appreciate the feedback and we definitely appreciate the support speaking of support if you're involved in this reptile hobby in any shape form or fashion make sure you're supporting usart and usart florida the links for both organizations are in the description of the video if you're not a member definitely go grab your membership if you're able to donate please donate what you can be sure to spread the word about both these organizations that help protect our rights as reptile keepers so tell a friend tell a friend tell a friend keep it going spread the word man the chat going crazy man shout out to all the early birds in the chat let's see who we got tonight start from the top the big homie Antoine, what's good, brother? What's good, man? Safe travels, safe travels. Headed out to Arlington. Jaffe, what's good, bro? What's good, bro? Man, y'all check out the homie Jaffe, man. He got some heat posted on his morph market. Y'all better go grab that Hurricane Batman before I grab her. Brian, what's up, man? What's up, bro? 352 in the building. Jason, what's good? What's good, bro? Peace and love, bro. Bosa, what's up, bro? What's up? Sultan of support himself. Eric, what's good, bro? Thanks for coming out. Got Nixon Reptiles in the building. Thanks for coming out, bro. Big Ray, what's good? Mr. Blade, thanks for coming out. Beast Morphs, what's good? Thanks for coming out. Me Familia, Levi, what's good, bro? Thanks for coming out. FTL Reptiles. Y'all make sure y'all go check them out. Check out their podcast, too. Sexing and Flexing. Beast, what's good? Let's see who else we got. Zach, bro, what's good? Jay, what's up, bro? What's up? Thanks for coming out. Herbert, what's good? Clutch Conversations alum. Thanks for coming out, bro. Miggy, what's up? What's up? What's up? Got the homie Big E, Big Matt in the building. Ebony and Ivory Reptiles. Y'all make sure y'all go check him out and go check out his new dope logo. It's not on his YouTube right here, but go check it out on IG. I think I'm going to stop it right there. So tonight we got a special guest on for episode 50. Y'all already know this, man. So it really needs no introduction in the ball python game. So really looking forward to getting into this interview. We got Justin Kabilka from canova reptiles what's up man how's it going hey how's it going man pretty good good good. pretty good how's your day going good good i wasn't sure i was gonna make it on time i was putting my four-year-old to bed and you know i was like he still requires me to lay with him every night and so i was laying there and just uh like please go to sleep please go to sleep and (laughs) uh like he drifted off right i ran yeah ran down the 
like the hundred yards to the snake building. And uh, yeah, here we are. So I'm glad to be here. Perfect timing, man. Glad to have you. Glad to have him. Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was playing around out there on internet land, came across your website and was looking, and I saw this on your website where it mentioned that uh, you used to keep venomous as well. You used to keep rattlesnakes? Yeah. If you count it keeping, like we just like would catch them and like keep them for, I don't know, a while until like we can't give it any ease. I guess we gotta get rid of them, kind of thing. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's like teenager keeping, you know. Um, we we've never kept them as like a, uh, as like a serious thing since I've become an adult now. So did you keep them in the in the house? Yeah, yeah, and I kept them. In, I kept them in. Uh, I was in high school, like boarding school, and I'd sneak them into my dorm room, and like you know hold on to him we had a little baby rattlesnake for a while and everything in the dorm the the dean would kick you know kick him out as soon as he discovered i had him every time but yeah gotcha. i just loved reptiles man i would catch whatever i could catch every time every day yeah so you were breeding reptiles in your dorm room and then you ended up setting up in the biology department yeah yeah it's quite the it's pretty awesome the college ended up giving me a little room in the biology department to, to kind of continue my work and it's funny because, you know, my, my degree is in um, public relations, marketing, that sort of thing. But in the end, it ended up being like that little thing that the university gave me, that little room ended up being my career. It's kind of wild. You know, the free part of my education was the part that took off. So at that time, it was just a hobby. Did you have any kind of like thought that it would become a business at any point? Oh, yeah. Dreams. Yeah, dreams. But they were pipe dreams to me. It's like wanting to become a rock star. You know, like everybody wants to be a rock star if they have a guitar, you know, but like, you know, I was pretty realistic too, but everyone who asked me what I wanted to be, you know, when I grew up as a, you know, as a 20 year old, I was just like, I want to be a ball python breeder. You know, I basically wanted to be Ralph Davis, you know, if I could just trade places with Ralph Davis at the time and I just loved, I loved that whole world and I'd love to see like the ball python craze was just starting and I didn't realistically think it would happen, but yeah, I wanted it. <laughs> I wanted it. <laughs> yeah. So back then, were the people telling you, man, this is wild, this is wild, why do you want to breed snakes? Did you, did you have naysayers that kind of tried to talk you out of it? Honestly, the, the biggest naysayers were people in the industry, people who are doing it. You know, that's the funny thing is that most people, I just, you know, family and everything – you know, I was always the crazy snake kid to them. And they, you know, me wanting to do ball pythons was just normal for, you know, for my family to think that of me. But, you know, it was some of the people at the shows when I started actually spending some good money at the shows and everything. A lot of them, I think they saw how old I was and they were like, you know, dude, let's give this kid a little warning. You know, hey, guy, the market's not going to last. You probably shouldn't be spending all this money. You know, maybe they just they want me to sit with them and not with the other guy. Maybe that's what it was. But, but yeah, the, most of the detractors were people who uh, ended up um, being the people I was buying from. Okay. So your your internet is breaking up a, a little bit, so I didn't catch that last part, but it sounded like most of the naysayers were in the uh, ball python hobby itself or in the reptile industry itself saying that uh, the ball yeah. python industry uh, wasn't going to last, which people, I feel like I hear that a lot from people who've been in the game for a while. Uh, they say how people are always saying like the ball python industry isn't going to last. It's, it's, it's going to end any day now, but here we go. And like, here we are. And it's still like, I feel like it's yeah. thriving. Uh, it's just growing and growing and growing and growing. Yeah. Well, my question is when people say that is why, mm -hmm. 
why why wouldn't it last like nobody nobody thinks that you we all have to defend why it will last but nobody no we don't expect anybody to tell us why it won't like what's what about it won't last like so have you gotten any interesting you know? answers from you guys? <laughs> no because nobody knows they just have a feeling they just they're nervous right it's risky <laughs> right that's what it is um but no, there's no there's no logical reason why people would not want to work with these amazing animals a decade from now. There's no reason for it. You know, assuming we don't get bombed by, you know, nuclear blast from Russia or something, we're fine. Um, there's nothing about the ball pythons that's going to suddenly go away. It's, you know, it's, yeah, we have our ups and flows, but it's not going anywhere. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, I know I, uh, I hopped in feet first and we just been like rolling, 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 rolling. It, it becomes an addiction, really. Like, like I think about it all the time, like all the time, even when I probably shouldn't be thinking about it. I'm at work sometimes thinking about it. Like, I should probably be paying attention to this meme, but I wonder how this combo will look together. <laughs> it just becomes an obsession. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I've been there. Even now, after all these years, I still, you know, I go to bed thinking about the next combo or what's hatching or what's about to hatch every night. Yeah. So early on, did you learn a lot just through trial and error um, or did you have like anybody kind of guiding you and helping you out? Yeah, mostly trial and error. Um, when I started, people were not very open with sharing. Now that doesn't mean nobody was because, you know, I did get advice from some people about how to do this or that, but it was not the, the community that, you know, exists today. Um, there was no, nobody had a Patreon. <laughs> Everybody was, you know, trying to, to hide everything and you know it wasn't very much sharing um which is honestly i think maybe a positive you know there's something really to be said for just like not knowing what to do and just getting in there and just trying stuff like you build like a real strength of character and the strength of business by making yeah. some mistakes digging get dirty digging around like in a way the easier it gets it seems like the more questions people have and the more they struggle sometimes honestly when, as it gets easier because they don't they're not used to digging for the answers or just trying stuff yeah that makes sense that makes sense like you really kind of build a skill set by going through the school of hard knocks with it so speaking yeah, of absolutely like early mistakes and things of that nature uh what were some early challenges for you early on i think the early thing early for me i don't know that i didn't have a ton of specific challenges I just really, if you look at it, I, I just slow growed it for so long, you know, I mean, it's the 20th year now that I've been breeding ball pythons. Um, and there was no, there was no like moment where like suddenly, you know, we got successful, right. It was just early on, I would just say, we just took it one year at a time. We learned a little bit along the way, you know, like anyone, there was a couple of years, you know, where, you know, the, you didn't get the combos you wanted or, you know, maybe a special animal that you made died or something like that. And there were all setbacks, but there was no moment of, uh, you know, either big win or big loss for me. It was just like steady, you know, every year, just go in there and just, you know, love the animals, make the animals, think about the next year, just do it over and over. And then suddenly like the snowball gets so big after a while that, you know, you really have, you know, you have an amazing thing going. So what were some of the things that you learned from those early challenges? Like if you could think back some, some life lessons or some um, business lessons, uh, what were some of the things you learned? Yeah, I think what I 
learned early on, I think, is you just got to be a little scrappy to an extent. You know, you you have to roll with the punches. There's just, there's just so much to uh, there's so much on a business side of the basis that you just have to learn over time and be willing to become the person you need to be. I think it's just an entrepreneur. I think most of the lessons I've learned have not been ball python related. They've been just general entrepreneurial like mindset related. Um, okay. And I think I think early on, like the big thing is you go for, you know, you know from leaving college and really knowing nothing about business or anything, and then you suddenly have a business. I mean, I think a lot of people find themselves in this position in the ball pythons. Like they go from whatever they currently have a job or whatever, and then suddenly they love ball pythons, and then they have a little ball python business all of a sudden. And you're like, okay, that's different. You're like, what, what do we do? And you know, for me, I just think that I think I learned early on is like I just need to become. We all we all have our strengths and weaknesses, right? We bring to 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 the table as a business. Right. Um, for me, like strengths was I love the snakes. And I was de- very dedicated, and I wasn't in a hurry. Those are all strengths. Weaknesses, I was I was an introvert. I was really scared to put my face out online. You know, I was not I, I was not a real people person. Not good at building bridges with other breeders early on. You know, in fact probably rub some people wrong because I was just, you know, weird, you know, whatever. But, but I just, I think at first you you realize after a while that if it's a solo business that you're just going to become, you're just going to have to be the person you're going to have to be, right? You're, if I have to be an extrovert, I'm going to become an extrovert. If I'm going to have to make (laughs) videos on YouTube, I'm going to make videos on YouTube until I get comfortable with it. It's like that or failure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we all want to lean into our strengths, but when you're the only guy, there's going to be some things that need to happen that you're not going to be good at. Right. And, 100%. Uh, and, and I, that's, I get a lot of questions about that on Patreon and different, different platforms. It's like, well, how do I do this? I don't, you know, this is not, this is not my skill set. It's not who I am. You're like, well, you can hire somebody, but most, most of the time that's later down the road for businesses. You're just right. going to have to like dive into it and be bad for a while. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel that. Um, definitely like from the introvert uh perspective, because I'm not a person who just like naturally like goes out and like talks to people who I don't know, especially in like large crowds. And so like it just it requires me to just kind of have to push myself out there and just do it and, and just realize that hey, I might mess up doing it, but hey, at least I'm going out there trying it. I'm not gonna get any better by not doing it, so I might as well do it learn from my mistakes, get better and better, get more and more comfortable with it. And then you just eventually kind of end up there, or at least at a happy meeting, you might not be an all-star, but you might be decent at it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that, I think that's the main thing I learned and just, just deal with crises as you find them, you know, you run into a problem, learn how to learn how to be that, you know, be the person who can beat, beat your way through it, you know? And in the end, time is the big thing in this in this industry. You know, from a business point of view, time is the is the big equalizer. If you stay steady and you work your, your projects, honestly, you can go a long way with a little bit of budget. You know, um, you can you can just the longevity is everything. Just don't quit. Yeah, just keep going, keep going, keep making plays. I heard a reel the other yeah. day. It was uh, Dion Sanders' voice uh, behind the reel. And that's basically what's the message. Just like you might not be where you want to be at this very moment, but if you keep making, keep making plays, keep making plays, you eventually get where you want to be. So it's just all about like being persistent, staying in it, just weathering through whatever you got to weather through to get through where you get to where you want to be. Cause you don't fail until you stop. Right. Once you stop, then it's like, uh, 
you're right. done. That's but if you keep going, you keep pushing, uh, you at least got that goal to push towards and, and, and work on being successful. So thinking back, like on some of the mistakes you made, if you had anything to do over, would you do anything over again? Or are you kind of like cool with making those mistakes? Because like I learned something from that. Yeah, just for the most part, you have to make the mistakes at some point. You know, you maybe wish you didn't make them then or whatever, but you're going to have to make them at some point. I look back and I don't have a lot of regrets, maybe passing on certain projects that, you know, ended up being huge and I didn't get into it when I wanted to get into it or something. But, you know, those are those are calls. Again, you get better at as you make them. Um, and uh, yeah, those are probably most of my regrets. It's just passing on something. There's a few things that I got that I regret getting, but passing at, I, is a bunch that I wish I'd, you know, grabbed. Oh, really? What's one that you passed on that you wish you wouldn't have passed on? Um, so when it comes to, to new combos, usually there's a zone at the very beginning when, when you can pick it up for a fraction of the cost before everybody wants it and becomes a big thing. Right. And then it goes up really high and then it starts trickling down. Right. So for, I had an opportunity to get, to get GHI like this first mail ever, you know, released. And it was a fraction of what they ended up being like a year later. Um, I passed on it. I was just being conservative and, you know, risk adverse, like, you know, and gotcha. I passed on acid like four years before the, the first acid was sold. I passed on acid, which was dumb, but I thought it looked too much like a leopard back then. I just, you know, made it, made a bad call. But there's been plenty of them that I haven't passed on that that are good calls. You know, I mean, it's just you learn by you learn by seeing and doing. And there's no way you're going to make the right calls without having made some bad ones first. There's just no way. You can't learn. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like I've heard you say, uh, like every gene has its day, and like um, mm. you work with like a lot of genes that people weren't necessarily working with, or maybe they weren't working with on like a wide scale, and you like really saw something. Uh, in that gene that people didn't see, or you brought something out that gene that people didn't see. Uh, how did you kind of develop that thought process? Was it more just like trying to be different than everyone or just really kind of like having deep insight and really thinking about like what a gene would do and how it would react in certain combos and whatnot? Yeah, I feel like I've always just had an intuition for making pretty snakes, I guess. Um, but partly it's just that I feel like you, whenever I have a gene, I just, I just sit there and instead of thinking, I don't know, instead of thinking, ah, it's not worth anything. I think, how do I make it worth something? You know, like I don't, to me, it's not a matter of what I like and what I don't like. Everything is just a step towards something, you know, and it's about taking the, the best step possible on every project. You know, so we have, you know, whether it was red stripe or spot nose or whatever, you know, those, those, those genes were for a while there, nobody wanted them really like there's completely depressed. Right. But I had several of them and I just thinking, you know, like where would this really fit well to make the prettiest snake possible, you know? And then when the Batman eventually be made, and that was what gave spot nose its big boost. Right. And when Pompeii was made, that gave red stripe its big boost. Like it was just a matter of, patiently you know i had those genes for years before that it took a while to find that combo i just wasn't uh i just wasn't in a hurry about it i guess i was just like thinking and watching and tinkering until it came out you know again time time is the key yeah yeah that, that makes sense 
So what do you think kind of sets you apart from other leaders in the industry? I don't, I don't know. Um, I would, that, that's a good question for others. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know how, how I'm really different. I I'm very passionate about it, but you know what? I think all of them are, are pretty passionate about it. That's why they got to where they are for the long, you know, how long they've been doing it. But um, for me, I just, I just I come to work every day because I'm addicted to the combos. I'm addicted to the high of, of, thinking about something and then creating it in reality, which is really just an artistic venture, right? It's, in a way, this is all very artistic. And uh, that keeps me going. And then I keep thinking about, well, how can I, from the business side, how can I serve more people by giving them what they want, which is the coolest and prettiest snakes, right? So, so right. then that's all that a business really needs is it needs a product and somebody who's willing to to find out how to, serve as many customers as possible, make them as happy as possible. And then you have a business, right? And so for me, it's like twofold. I love the animals and I love the challenge of making them and in, in getting them in people's hands that love them. Like every part of that, st every step of that process has been really exciting for me, enjoyable. Gotcha. And you've, you've got a business background, right? Not really. I mean, marketing. Yeah. Marketing. Okay. Marketing yeah. from college. Yeah. And a lot of my family was, was, um, had their own businesses growing up. So I was like, was kind of brushed shoulders with that, but I was, I was out of my depth. No question. When I started, you know, I probably had a good sense of it, but didn't really have any hard knowledge or experience. Gotcha. And so most of your business experience and expertise has kind of come through just running this business yourself. What sort of like, yeah. What, what sort of resources are you looking to kind of develop that business sense? For me, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. Um, I read at least a couple of books every month, you know, or listen to mostly actually. Like that's the great thing about working in snake rooms is you have all this time to listen to podcasts or books yeah. or, or whatever, you know? And so I just voraciously listen to audio books um, and whatever problem I'm dealing with in the business, I'm listening to people who are the experts talking about how to, how to, how to think through those problems and understand those problems, whether it be, um, you know, being a better manager to employees or getting, um, or taking your products to market or handling customer service or rights. That's all. That's all. How bad is my internet, by the way? Is it really terrible? So it's choppy a little bit. Like I'm hearing it like a little bit after you say it, but, um, I can hear it. Okay. I just hear delayed. It. Yeah, it's a little delayed. I can try to swap swap signals. Yeah. Hold on just a second. Let me try to swap signals here. Okay. What's up, everybody in the chat? Thank y'all for coming out. Really appreciate all the support. If it's your first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, hit that notification bell. Appreciate it. Is that worse or better? I, I hear it now. Yeah. Is, yeah, is so it everyone better? I, I mean, I, it's two different signals I can speak to. Yeah. So the folks in the chat say that they can hear you just fine. Okay. Maybe I should go back to what I was doing then. That's yeah. Everyone says they hear you loud and clear. So I don't know. Okay.
Give me a second. Let me swap back to the other the other signal again, and then we'll. Okay. okay. Yeah, everybody said that the other one was better. So it must be me. Okay. Yeah. Like, are you hearing me loud and clear? Okay. Now you come through garbled for me sometimes. Yeah, See, it goes in and out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's up there. I'm hardwired in, and so. Yeah. Don't know what's up with that, but. Where are you based out of? Gainesville, Gainesville, Florida. Okay, I'm in Gainesville, Georgia. Just yeah, Gainesville, the Gainesville connection. Gainesville, represent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gainesville. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so looking to the future, like, what are some trends that you foresee influencing the industry? Well, right now, it's it's all about social media. Um, we're talking about like outside of actually the combos themselves i would say like yeah. the social media has been big and did everybody put their creative spins on you know i watching everybody's reels on instagram and i love it i love it i love it to me it's like sharing ball pythons with the new generation it's not i'm not the best at it but that's okay you know i'm i'm, I'm getting to be old school now um but yeah that's that i see that i see the social media just reaching a whole new people it used to be that our only major outreach I felt like for ball pythons was through pet stores. Like literally people going to pet stores, they would see a coral glow or bumblebee or piebald or whatever. And then that would like that would catch them to ball pythons, right? They'd be like, what is that? And they go home and research it. But nowadays I think people see a, you know, a reel will get 10 million views on Instagram and that's way more impressions than a pet store, you know? And so I think, I think it's good. I think it's, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, what else? Like, I know genetic testing is a big thing that's going on right now. So how are you aligning your strategy, like with genetic testing and how's that changing how you operate? Yeah. So genetic testing, I'm not sure that I can give the final answer on it, but so far it's going the way I expected, which is, which means that it's, it's influencing our industry, but it's not overhauling it. It's not like a big disruptor in the end. Um, so I have tested personally about, I'm, I think I'm over three, 400 animals now personally tested in my own collection. And that's my, my personal stock plus a lot of babies that have hatched. And I found that it's extremely reliable. We've sent in plenty of sheds that are, uh, um, that we know what they are. We're just going to find out if the, if the test comes back correctly or not. Like, you sense. know, yeah, we know what they are, but we're just going to see if it makes sure it works, you know, and we've had very, very less, way less than 1% that comes back, you know, questionable. Like I didn't, you know, that doesn't seem right. You know um, now, theoretically, the only real inaccuracy should come from user error. I, I mean, or someone along the, the chain of custody making a problem mistake. So I can make a mistake theoretically when I take the shed out of the bin and I put in the envelope and I write the wrong number on there or something, you know, some mistake I can make. Theoretically, can be made, a mistake could be made in the process by RGI. 
I'm very careful. I think they're very careful. It's not impossible, but the testing technology itself is very reliable. Gotcha. Um, so yeah. Um, I'm looking at the question. The questions popping on the screen here. They don't have yeah, one about yet. Growth. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have it yet. You know, I think what happened is, is they were actually working hard on new tests um, as of last Tinley. And then they, you know, went live to the public and then they just got blasted by so many people wanting genetic testing that they literally, I know it's for a fact, I've talked to them, but they literally said, okay, we got to just, got to just fulfill our commitment to the customers. We'll work on new tests after we get our feet under us because they just got overwhelmed by, you know, everybody sending in their sheds all at once. And so I still think DG's coming. I think they have had a little bit harder time with it, but um, I think the biggest delay has been just them trying to, make the customers happy. So, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Like I noticed you but, post. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, yeah, I noticed so, you <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, the delay. Yeah, I was just going to say, first of all, Maddox, I did pay for it. Um, no, it's, uh, but what it hasn't done, and this is where I think people really have the genetic testing wrong, is that they think that, it changes the strategy of breeding snakes. And it really doesn't. I still am doing the same pairings I would have done pre-genetic testing. Because in the end, it tells, it's like having an ultrasound in a way. Like it helps you figure out your pairings and helps you do things, but it doesn't make them pregnant, <laughs> you know, in a way. <laughs> like, but like having genetic testing helps you know what genes are in your snakes, but it doesn't change your odds. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Right. So some it's people had this down. thing where like, right. So people were like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and I'm going to get a quad het male and I'm going to breed it to all my females and then I'm going to get them genetic tested and I'm going to keep all the, all the quad heads I make out of it. And I'm not going to have any possible heads anymore. Okay. So that was a strategy that a lot of people are just saying, let's, let's do that. And what they've, but people didn't think it through mathematically, right? So if you do a quad het female, say to just some a normal right right only one in 16 would be quad hat that you'd get out of that right right and you have to test all 16 at 65 dollars a piece that right? that's it. for one gene right um, you just all four genes if you do a full panel on all of them it's like 90 bucks i forget what it is and uh so you're you're talking about you know 1600 dollars potentially to get one quad head to determine one quad head right and there's only 50 percent right. chance it's a girl <laughs> right and you really want a girl so like right. these this math does not work out and the people thinking like oh, i'm just gonna get you all these pasta i'm gonna get all these head males and just run them through my girls and make lots. it doesn't change your odds the odds are long if you're doing that right. and you're not going to be happy with the number you get back of actual heads and then when you combine it with the fact that you really want girls, you're ha having that number again. And so in the end, it doesn't change the mathematical strategy of having high-end animals that produce 100% of what you want or 50% of what you want. You know, testing is nice, but it doesn't, it doesn't change this, this whole scenario. And believe me, I'm all about the math. I'm all about the numbers. I'm figuring things out. And uh, I just don't see a way that it transforms what we're doing. Gotcha. Do you think it speeds it up any in the sense that you can test? And so, you know, like on the front end that this is hit. And so you, you're going to work with that animal versus 
maybe you wouldn't have held one of them back and you might have gotten rid of the wrong one that wasn't hit because it had like another codom or something in it. Do you think it speeds it up any in that regard? Obviously, still yeah, that's where the biggest change happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the biggest change happens is in the past, what you'd have is you'd have, say, you hatch a possible het male. And you'd say, well, I, you know, I really don't want to breed it very much. I want to, I, I need to find out if it's het first, you know, and now you can just test it and be like, yeah, it's het and I'm going to breathe. I'm going to go for full blast. So it definitely speeds up certain aspects. Um, it just doesn't change the dynamics of creating a collection. That's what changes. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So when you're testing, like I noticed you posted some um, animals that, have been proven hit for whatever via genetic testing. Mm-hmm. Are those some of the ones that you knew were hit already, um, but you got them tested and you just stating that they were proven um, through genetic testing? Or are you testing some animals that you, like intentionally testing animals that you may not hold back? Because I know a lot of people yeah. say, I'm only going to hold a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think yeah, we're, I missed it. We just said it. What, what a lot of people say? Say again. What, what did who I missed what you said there? What, what do a lot of people? What, what what you said? A lot of people say something. I oh yeah, so a lot of people say that they're only going to test their holdbacks, or they're not going to test any animals that they're going to sell. But I noticed that you uh, sell some of the ones that have been proven uh, hit via genetic. Testing. I trust the process. You know that doesn't mean that it won't bite me at some point, and I'm going to have to make restitution to somebody because there was that you know, a sliver of a percentage that didn't work. It wasn't what it's supposed to be, but I do trust the process having used as much as I have. I feel, I feel very confident. I feel confident enough to, to keep my own animals based on testing and to breed them very confidently based on testing. And I'm asking my customers to do the same with the knowledge that, um, nothing's perfect. And I will, uh, you know, I'll certainly, <laughs> certainly I take care of people, you know, that's my goal, right. you know? So, yeah. Cool. And so um, what's your mindset when evaluating new projects? It depends. My biggest question I ask myself is, I guess there's two questions. What potential do I think it has? And how does that fit the price point? If that makes sense. That makes sense. It's like you're, it's like you're frozen up on me. Am I back now? Yeah, you're fro. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Did you hear okay. what I said? Okay. Or was yeah, I frozen too? You look at the price point and the potential of the project. Yeah, yeah. So you know, do I think the snake is significantly cool? And then you look at okay. At what what's the what's the risk part of you? So if so if the snake is like, I would say like fifty percent, you know, five out of ten on my cool meter, and the animal's thirty thousand, uh, yeah, you know, not probably. You know, I'm gonna wait. You know, see what happens. You know, but if it's five out of ten on my cool meter and it's one thousand dollars, I'm like ah, low risk. You know, potential. There's higher reward potential than there is risk at that point. So I'm always like balancing that. I think is what I'm saying. I have found, generally speaking, as long as I'm interested in a morph, buying it earlier better is better. You know, um, that's. I mean, that's, as I'm looking at the other part is, is I ask myself, how similar is it to what's out there? 
and this is bit was bit me a couple times that question like when i passed on the athlete because i thought it looked like leopard. um i was wrong about that but sometimes you have to ask yourself you know like someone says oh well i have a new line of hypo available okay great I'm like well how much is five thousand dollars well you can get a hypo for a hundred dollars you know is yours four thousand nine hundred dollars better than the one that you can get for you know for a hundred dollars and it's and i mean i'm saying that's a hard that's a hard right. threshold to, to pass right that's what i that's what i'm looking at right and so sometimes like well is it really similar to what we have is what we have if it is is what we have really cheap already now yeah i'm not gonna be able to you're not gonna be able to charge for something that looks, you know, that much better. Or someone says, well, I have a new line of yellow belly. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what do you want for it? I want, I want $4,000 for a new line of yellow belly. Okay. Well, is it better? Well, I think it's better than regular yellow belly. Okay. Doesn't make it, you know, it makes an ivory, but the ivory looks a little bit darker, say than a typical ivory. Right. Well, <laughs> is it better than a freeway? <laughs> because asphalt's pretty cheap now. I'd rather have an asphalt than any line of, of yellow belly that makes any kind of ivory, right? So that's my thought process. Like I just think about where, where's this leading to? Where's this gonna go and what's the price point? Gotcha. So uh, Ray had a good question. He said, uh, how much time do you spend a week like studying genetic traits? And, and what does that process look like? Not as much as I should. Um, I, I spend a lot of time looking at, at what I'm trying to make and thinking about and figuring out what I've started to slip on in recent years is being able to see what's popping out in the industry. And that's hurting me, I think, honestly. Um, Cause sometimes there'll be some new combo out there and I'll be like, man, I wish I'd seen that. Cause I would have done something different based on seeing that. Or I wish I bought that snake because that snake's amazing. And it, sold to somebody else because I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't online. You know, I'm online less and less as I get busier and busier with the business. And so I'm, I'm missing opportunities and learning and missing learning and buying opportunities out there lately. Um, so yeah, that's to answer your question. Not as much time as I should spending, spending, um, be spending learning traits. Is there one in particular right off the top of your head that you can think of that you missed out on recently? Not no, nothing pops up in my mind right away. Probably because I missed it and I, <laughs> I never saw it. <laughs> I'm just generally aware that I really don't see what goes on out there as much as I as I used. To. I used to follow it like closely, constantly, every day. Well, what's new? What's new? What, congratulations, you made this awesome combo. So you know, and now I just a lot of times I don't see it. And that's that's kind of sad. Have you put any thought into like a solution for that? And if so, uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, the only, well, the solution would be for me to spend lots of time looking at social media, but that's not a solution I want for myself personally in life, right? Um, because it would hurt my business long term to take that time away from it. So my 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 next solution is to rely on other people to send me photos every time they see something cool and just text me a screenshot or something, <laughs> and uh, my you know be it be it the team members here at Canova or just friends all over the industry. I get text messages all the time. Uh, did you see that? Did you see that? I'm like, no, but thank you so much for sending it to me. I, you know, now I've so that's that's my solution. Yeah, gotcha. So you've had like a bunch of snakes that have really kind of like just set the industry on fire. Um, what snakes, uh, right off the top of your head, you think have changed uh, your trajectory the most? I missed the last part of that question. You. 
which uh out of the combos that you hatched like what are some combos that you feel like have changed your trajectory the most oh well for me there has been several like major milestones along the way and the first one was pretty early on we were the second person to produce a pastel pied and is a little bit lucky we got a little lucky with it but that really put me on you know on the pied route like i had something special you know and that got me into the first yellow belly pie and the first fire pie and then first leopard pie and i just i mean not actually i don't think i made the first leopard pie but i made a lot of those early combos of that but in ball pythons just having a little bit of momentum in a project you could really go with it once you get ahead in something right could you just leverage that animal um we were also way ahead on clowns early on you know we made the first um um, fire clowns and fireflies and black pastels and and then um, leopards and spot noses and the, but then the batman was the one that really changed the game for us was when we got the batman because that was just such a such a crazy combination right um just the spot nose clown in general ended up changing the game for for the whole industry but you know specifically us because we kind of pioneered that um of course, Rennick was the guy who made the first spot nose clown. Unfortunately, he didn't didn't get to <laughs> take it to its logical end like he would have, I'm sure. Right. Um, but yeah, that one, and then and then we started getting to the crazy spot nose yellow belly combos, and then the Pompeii was massive, you know, groundbreaking thing, and some of the Grail stuff, and then the starbursts, and like there's everything. All these projects take on a life of their own, but they just start with usually just one amazing animal and it just catches everybody's imagination about oh we could we didn't know we could do this now what's possible next it just gets everybody re refired up and so in terms of like projects that you're working on now are there any projects that keep you up at night in a good way like you just can't wait to see how this is going to turn out like, and what's one that you're really looking forward to yeah yeah you know honestly some of the most mundane up really um keeps me up and you know because we imagine it all year long what you know some, some of these things what these combos are going to look like you know and and sometimes i think that they're not even the craziest ones that are i'm just i'm just the most anxious because we you know literally worked on it for years um the lace stuff i'm all about the lace stuff right now um we actually um we haven't announced it yet but we just had to hit um a quad recessive and uh oh, wow. super super excited to show that here very wow. shortly so definitely yeah, just, just that. stuff like that like yeah. what is that say so definitely looking forward to seeing that quad when are y'all gonna be announcing that yeah you're breaking up on me too much to hear, hear i don't know if it's if it's on my my signal or yours yeah, I'm gonna I'm hop out and then I'm gonna come right back in to see if that fixes it. All right. I think I get it all to myself. So I'm gonna just like take over the podcast here, kick him out. Awesome to see all the comments coming in, guys. Very cool. Missing some of the questions. I'll see them there and they flash by and I, and I miss them. The white lace clown stuff's crazy. Yeah. When will the quad hat sunset lab five? Yeah. 
I like I have like one point two of those. They've not done that well, Reggie. Um, I'm mean, they're doing okay, but they're still they're still sub adults. So, can you hear me now? Oh man, that's so much better. Yeah. Oh really? That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. Probably should did that ten minutes ago. Hopefully, it stays that way. Awesome. 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 Is it going out again now? Uh, you're a little choppy, but I can hear you fine. So that's that's what matters. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. So when are y'all going to announce the quad? Yeah. Well, just said for the first time this morning. So I don't know. We tend to kind of like hold those things a little bit to like be pre-tenly or something, you know, right before a show. Um, but we may not be able to, you know, keep a lid on it that long. We'll see. I guess I'm, I'm not doing a good job of keeping a secret now. <laughs> yeah, everybody's going to be hitting you up now. Where's the quad? Where's the quad? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll do some kind of big reveal video ahead of Tintley probably. Just can't I can't wait. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. So what about uh any projects yeah. that keep you up at night in a bad way where you're like, man, I just don't know if this is gonna work out. Um, I can't wait to see what it is, but I'm I'm a little worried about whether or not it's gonna work how I think it's gonna work. Most of the stuff I I, I kind of have a really good intuition for it. I'm not too worried about it, but I guess I'm worried about some stuff that I really, it's on the edge of what I can visualize right now. Like for me, an example of that would be like, what's a zebra clown going to look like? I really have no idea. That's, uh, I just don't know. Um, so, so yeah, I, that stuff like that, that's going to majorly keep me up at night because I'm pretty hard on it. You know, just via, via zebra clown, zebra pie, no idea what either of those are going to look like. Um, and so whenever we have that first clutch of them, it's going to be like, just, you know, just total anticipation with no real idea, you know, what's going on. Do you, uh, you have any shots at, uh, zebra clowns this year? Not this year. No, no. Oh, well, it'd be, a, I think it'd be, the girls are a little young. I don't think they're going to go this year. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Speaking of, where are y'all at with your season? How's the season going right now? We're doing really well. We're actually way ahead right now. Um, last year was a banner year for us, and this year starting out really strong. We're kind of going year round now. We have just all the girls are on their own schedule and just staggered, and they kind of have stuff hatching all year, which is much more fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've had a, a really fast start, and it's nice just to see uh, to see both. Uh, just to see the, the, the cool combos coming early on in the year, not having to wait through the winter season, not getting anything. So nice. So, so do you do any sort of like yeah. budgeting for, or forecasting um, ahead, ahead of the year? I don't, I'm, I probably should, but to me, there's too many um, variables that I can't account for to do a good job that, of that. That was where um, I was going to go with it next. Cause that's, I'm, yeah. Yeah, that's where I was gonna go with it next. It's like, how do you account for like all the variables that they kind of go along with it? Because that's the part I was having trouble figuring out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, in the end, I what I try to do is it's actually really simple, but it's not good at predicting. Which is, I just go out there. And I always try to upgrade the collection and always try to make higher median value of snake compared to the previous year. 
And what I can't account for is odds. And what I can't account for is what the market might do. The market might get super hot like it did in 21, 22, or it might, you know, go through a lull like it is right now. Um, and I'm just, all I can do is like be strong, you know, have a strong collection, make the best things I can and be strong from a business point of view and let the, let the chips kind of fall from there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Cause um, I've tried to make like projects and projections and just kind of figure out like where I want to be, but it's, it's really hard because there's so many factors that you can't really like, or at least I can't quantify or really kind of get my head wrapped around. So it makes it hard to kind of do that like in a traditional sense. I mean, with any kind of projections, you're kind of like trying to peer into the future. And so it's variables and stuff, but I find it like particularly challenging, like with this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is my internet still going up? Or my mic? Yeah, you're going in and out a little bit for me now. Gotcha, sorry about that. I apologize about that. I don't know what's going on. I tested this all last night and didn't have any issues. Like, yeah, it's like the listeners issues. are doing good though. Okay, so that that's yeah. Cool. So yeah, yeah. So, the uh, listeners are like they're getting good signal. It's just us. Yeah, people um, were saying that they could they can hear it well, but for me, I keep hearing like a lag. Someone says that the mic sounds fine, but they think the net's being funky. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's sounds great. There you go. Yeah, it's really weird. I can't figure out what's going on. I don't see any choppiness or sound issues. All right. So as long as the yeah, listener, yeah. I think we're yeah. good to go. <laughs> so uh what's what are some upcoming projects um on the books for Canova that you can speak about? And not necessarily ball python projects, but maybe some other things. Yeah, well, we do have, um, you know, a few green trees and stuff. That's like more pet animals. Like we enjoy them. We want to breed them sometime. We have the bowling. We want to breed sometime, but they're like pet animals. Um, so, we, you know, what happens is they end up not getting bred, I think, a lot just because it's not, you know, the same priority, the same, you know, level of uh, just on top of it. Is we just enjoy them for the animals they are. Um, as far as as far as the snakes go, you know, we're, we're going to do really well with monsoon this year, hopefully make some really, really good stuff with that. Um, and then we're all about that DG exanthic clown project. That's like, for me, that's, like, nice. that's the, it's a hard project to push forward, but it's such an amazing snake, right? Every time you're working triple recessive as your base, your every gene you add is a challenge, but man, like what a, what a project. So that's, that's what made me fall in love with exanthic is that, is that snake. I know uh, Justin from Armless Angels, he was asking earlier, uh, any shots at the DG Hypo Pompeii? I think so. Um, I think we, we definitely have plenty of shots at the DG Pompeii, but the Hypo version will be a little bit more of a long shot. Yeah, but I think we have a chance. Nice, nice. Yeah, that'll be a beautiful yeah. snake. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need the we need those quad recessive odds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a beautiful snake. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that when it finally hits in somebody's collection. 
Yeah, absolutely. What about like uh like non reptile or not necessarily non reptile, but like any other kind of like reptile related business ventures that aren't necessarily like the animals themselves? You know, like you got Clutch going on right now. Like anything new on the horizon with that, or anything new with any other projects? Um, you're breaking up a little bit there. You're just asking about what's new with Clutch and how's it going. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. We are, if you're in the beta, we're launching for you. The plan is tomorrow. So if you're in the beta and you've been waiting and waiting, which a lot of people have, like over a thousand people are waiting. We hope to get, you'll get an email tomorrow to let you in officially. And it'll okay. be kind of a soft launch. Um, we'll be letting, hopefully we're, we're hoping to let people who come to the Arlington show and they sign up let them just get straight in hopefully. And then, and then kind of just soft, softly open it up for everybody within the next week or two. We're just worried a little bit about uh, volume and just handling the road, the load. We don't want it to be a negative experience, you know, because we weren't able to, you know, keep the traffic, you know, level up or think we're ready, but you just never know until you get the thousands of users potentially. Um, but it's, we're super close and we're super excited about it. It's a, it's an amazing program. It's honestly just the beginning of amazing program because we have such a, such a, a runway of ideas and plans and everything to make it literally just crazy good. And it's what I personally want for myself, honestly, very selfishly. Um, but we're, we're going to give it to everybody all the way as we build these features and everything. So. Super excited. I hope everybody gives it a shot. Everybody gets a three uh, 30 day free trial. So, you know, when, when we're live, hopefully this weekend, um, come on in, try it out, you know, see if it's for you, see if you like it compared to the other um, products and uh, Hey, it's just another option. And if you love it, great. And if uh, you love what you're using, great. And yeah, come check us out though. And, uh, and, and, and not just that, see what it's like in six months and see what it's like in a year. And like, as we really get our, get going. What have been some of the biggest challenges with developing the software? Yeah, it's a lot bigger than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, it's been two years, I think, at this point in the making. Um, and we're just getting to public launch, right? Um, challenges. I would just say, I think the biggest challenge is you're trying, I'm trying to create something that's a little different than anybody's ever made. And so we're not really going off of, I would say we're not following anybody's template, right? When we made it and, you, and people will see that when you check out clutch, it's a very different feel from the other products. And I kind of just made it out of what I thought I needed. And I just kind of cut out everything else to start. And we tried to go like super, super user-friendly, super straightforward. Cause I thought that the complication problem was the biggest problem that most the other sites have is it's just too, too complex. And then that it becomes a turnoff. You end up spending more time with the software than you spend with your animals, which nobody wants. So right. I think in, in the process of building it, to answer your question, we, we just learned along the way that you think you know how to do something and you do it a certain way only to find out like, that really wasn't the best way to do it. Like, well, you just spent $30,000 developing this feature. Like, yeah, but that wasn't the right way to do it. We need to scrap that. Now that we know there's no way we could, it's the same way as any business, you learning by making mistakes, right? Right. Or by following the wrong path to its conclusion, 
that's when you find out it's the wrong path. And then you're like, okay, now that I've, now that I've gone down the wrong way and I found the dead end, I now know the other way is the way to go. And it allows you to, you know, so that's what takes it so long on this stuff. Usually I think for us is that we are trying to conceive of the best way to do it. We do it a certain way and be like, you know, we didn't account for these factors. And so we got to take a step back, remake it a little bit and make it on different architecture, (laughs) a different, you know, base code or whatever, and lose all that work we did, but it's never lost. You know, it's never lost. And in the end, the customers win. That's my belief, right? In the end, um, everybody gets another choice when they're looking at what they want to use. And hopefully um, it's a good fit for people. Yeah, it's definitely challenging, like with developing software. And then when you're making like some of the changes, you'll make some changes and inadvertently like break something. Like I'm not a software programmer, <laughs> yes. but like I, I know people who are and like they'll make some oh changes. Oh my goodness. They're like, oh, yeah. can we change the color of this button? Yeah, sure. And then something else breaks <laughs> on the other side. Like, how, how are those things even connected? Like, endlessly, you know? We, we've, I, I would say the last month has been just rife with that sort of thing. Like, everybody's like, no changes. It works. Just don't touch it. Don't touch it. But, <laughs> but you know, that's, I, I, I learned that's normal. I hope that's normal. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely normal. Like, it's just the nature of software development and all the different moving pieces and just kind of yeah. like, thinking through that whole workflow and how these different things are connected. And if you move it here, well, it's going to change this. So you got to account for that. Like it can get complicated um, when you're making changes, especially like when you're in that early development stage and you're making like a lot of changes and you're just kind of like building, building, building versus just like kind of upgrading. That's what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. It's, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a challenge and, you know, and, you, you make something, you get it to work, and then you think, ah, I just really want it to be this way. And then you make those changes, and you're like, okay, now it doesn't work, and we're just moving through it. But it's it's amazing what it's become. I look at the software now, and I love it, but I have a very critical eye. I'm like, ah, that's never didn't quite turn out the way I wanted, and I want that fix and that fix and that fix. And I, I, need, I want this feature, but we don't quite have it ready. That's just the nature of it. At some point, we're just like, we just need to let people use it. <laughs> <laughs> just let people use it and uh you know morph market and and herper pro and all these programs that people use now they weren't what they are they weren't when they first launched aren't what they are now right you right. have to yeah. go through this iterative process and yeah. uh yeah i'm super excited to get people's feedback and uh super excited to honestly just take it to the next level over the next six months to a year yeah because that feedback is very helpful too because you're getting feedback yeah not just from like um, someone like at your level, but you're getting feedback from people across all levels and how it works for them. So yeah, definitely something helpful. Right. Yeah. And, and to an extent I built this for me and what I wanted, and we're now we're going to find out if other people agree. <laughs> so do you consider yourself a, a, a market driver? Um, You cut out there. Would you ask again? Now I was saying, do you consider yourself like a market driver? Like I know a lot of people say uh, sometimes like Justin can come out and say, hey, I like this gene. And then the price doubles or he can say, I don't like this gene. And then like the price plummets. So do you consider yourself a market driver? Yes and no. I, yeah, I hear that a lot. I think it's overblown. I don't think I have as much influence as people th- people say. Because there's been plenty of times that I'll, 
I'll say, Hey, you guys should do this or, you know, whatever. And just nothing happens. You know, it, it really, I think it feels like I'm driving the market because sometimes I'll tell people what they already know. And when, the, but I, when I say it, they feel empowered to go do something. But I, if I told everybody that spiders are the next big thing, no one would, no one would do anything. But no one would go out and buy <laughs> spiders. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how it works. You know, if you show a snake or make a snake that is genuinely beautiful, that's how it works. Like, that's what sells snakes. Me saying so, me saying it's beautiful doesn't make a difference, right? It's got to genuinely be what people want. And I think I'm good at, for the most part at finding those animals that people really want because I have an instinct for it. But what I say about it, I think is honestly kind of irrelevant to the snake actually being beautiful. <laughs> so knowing that people kind of like view it that way, do you uh, feel like a certain sense of responsibility along with that, or you just don't even think about it? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but I, I can't really take on that kind of pressure. I try to just ignore it and just do what I've always done. And which means just make the snakes and talk about what I personally think and let the chips kind of fall where they may, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. All right. And so um, thinking back to the early years and kind of fast forwarding to now, uh, you've been doing this for a while, got a lot of experiences. So how have you kind of like evolved as a person? Missed the last part of that question. So how have you evolved as a, a person uh, based on your experiences uh, in this industry, in this business? How have I evolved? Um I think I've, I've gone from early on being very, not really knowing what I was doing to the extent I probably still don't now, but, but I feel very comfortable with, you know, with how I, you know, worked really well in this role. We have a great staff. And I would just say I've learned a lot of lessons just about being comfortable in your own skin and finding, you know, finding your place, um, and that's, that's just taken a while. It's probably, I mean, it's maturity. I don't even know if it has anything to do with business. It's just maturity as a person. Um, that, I think that's, that's the major thing. I think how to deal and work with other people in this industry in a positive way, um, because So I'm not seeing you. Are y'all still seeing me? So can y'all still see me? Somebody let me know in the comments. Welcome back. Hey, got kicked. <laughs> Yeah. something wrong it has <laughs> internet Gainesville internet <laughs> both ways Florida and Georgia <laughs> man it's, it's still really choppy though for, so for all the uh, listeners they, they don't see they don't have any uh, problem hearing us yeah that's amazing because it's like super choppy for me yeah me too yeah, I'm gonna definitely have to go uh, back yeah, and good, watch it's it it's good it's just for us yeah. 
Yeah, because every time I ask, they say they can hear it. Uh, they can hear it well. Morforge says, in and out, little chopping, little loss. Christina, genetics nerd, say everything is coming through good for her. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Huh. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, you were saying yeah, like kind of big, big thunderstorm but, outside. I think that's okay. part of it. But yeah, yeah it's I think satellite it's a satellite in here in rural Georgia. It could be a stream yard yeah. thing yeah. too, like uh, Wiz uh, said, because there was an issue uh, with some people's streams uh, last week too. But I have well, suddenly you're very clear here mind. for a second. Very clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully everybody's getting a good show out of it. Still, you know. Yeah, I hope so too. Awesome. I hope so too. Yeah, we still got like 70 plus people in the building, so everyone's sticking around. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Yeah, so clear here. Clear here. So you're saying like you uh evolved as a person through the business and then probably also through life experiences, and you were like uh you were explaining that. Yeah, just getting comfortable in your own skin over time and learning how to, you know, what what to do things that work and and having good relationships with people. You know, over time, it just gets, you know, it gets better and better as you learn. It's, it's really just about personal growth in the end more than anything else. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think going back to what we were talking about earlier and just like pushing yourself to do things you're not comfortable with, uh, just by nature of doing that, like you're growing as a person, right? Because you, you're taking what was once like just a total weakness. And even if you get it like incrementally better, like you, you've grown, right? And you've put forth the effort and then that's also developing character and developing uh, a good hard work ethic and things of that nature. So I, I like it and it's forced me to do, like I said earlier, some things that I was uncomfortable doing. And it's just like really kind of like help like drive growth as a person. And so it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Cool. So before I let you get out of here and enjoy the rest of your night, I've got some wrap up questions for you. And some of these are kind of random. Uh, let me know if you're having trouble hearing them. But the first one is if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Yeah, I'm not I'm not able to, to understand you well enough, unfortunately. Yeah. It's going in and out really bad. Maybe I should leave and come back again. Can y'all still hear me good? Appreciate it, Nicole. <laughs> PCF says he's going to say Portugal. Let's see. We can see you both okay, but it appears to be lagging. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the internet. 
I know I have issues with internet on my side. Um, and I've been having issues with the microphone lately. So uh, while we got like a little break, I want to give you a quick shout out. So shout out to Justin from Armless Angels. Uh, he sat on here with me for like 30 minutes to an hour yesterday, just uh, working on this, trying to make sure like my audio was sounding good and we, we get everything to come through clear, seeing if we can uh, replicate the issues we were having and it worked out. And then Gershon from GP Snakes did the same thing with me last night too. And so we worked through a lot of the problems. So shout out to both of those gentlemen for helping us out. How's it sound now? Appreciate it, Darren. Appreciate it, Bosa. I think you may be frozen, Justin. Can you hear me? But yeah, shout out to both of those brothers for helping me out. Also, a uh, whole bunch of shout outs where well, we got some time. Shout out to the homie Keys. Make sure y'all check him out. Uh, Wednesdays, we got balls and things. Fridays, we got hair down Friday. So you know what it do. Shout out to Nicole Reptiles and Cocktails at 1 p.m. every Saturday on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. When I'm at work. <laughs> but now, seriously, shout out to Nicole. Shout out to Dre, two peas in a podcast. Uh, shout out to Inkline and his podcast. Uh, shout out to the homie Ray for holding it down on Key's podcast and all the dope stuff he's doing uh, with the gear and all that. Y'all make sure y'all go check out that Alluring Serpents gear. Uh, who else? Just shout out to everybody, man. Shout out to the Me Familia family. Shout out to Levi for hooking us up with the dope reels. Shout out to Gio from Eden's. Uh, for hooking me up with some dope reels and hooking up the whole team with some dope reels, man. Y'all, y'all really holding it down, man. I really appreciate everybody. Shout out to the homie Kent. Make sure y'all go check him out. Shed skin. It's at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, if I'm not mistaken. Y'all make sure y'all go set those reminders. Uh, appreciate it, sir. Uh, shout out to you, man. I appreciate the compliment too, man. Much respect. Hell yeah. Let's see, we got Justin back now. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're clear clear right now for, for like 10 okay. seconds probably. <laughs> <laughs> so the question was, uh, if you could uh, live anywhere in the world, where would that be and why? Right now, man, tough one. I love traveling. I, I can't be held down very long anywhere, I think. Um, for me, I think right now we're in love with Jackson Hole, um, Jackson, Wyoming. And we're actually looking at some sure. property in Idaho, too. Um, okay. We love that area. We're mountain people. We're mountain people more than beach people. I think that that's kind of a, a thing, beach or mountain. And uh, but yeah, I don't know. I no matter where I live, I like to, I love I want to travel somewhere else. I'm just never I'm never really satisfied. So I want to go to you know going to Europe again in April and and uh, I just want to I just want to go and be and see see things. Okay, you gonna do like a, a tour of Europe, or are you going to one specific country? We're going to a show actually is a plan in in Netherlands again or Belgium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, that'll be nice. That'll be real nice. Have you been to that one before? Yeah, we went there in um, November. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that'd be real nice. Real nice. So how how are the shows there? Like, is it is a huge turnout? Um, like it's like ours. Yeah. Anything, anything is different. You know, every show is different. Um, the big one, which is ham, um, show in Germany, 
Um, I've been to that one several times in the past. It's massive. It's kind of like our Tinley, um, but it's not as good a vibe, not as, not as, uh, I guess, professional a, a vibe. For them, because of the all the borders, they don't have the ability to just like FedEx animals to each other like we do, right? So because the, the, they have to use animal transport companies for the most part. And so what happens is their shows tend to be a more of a, hey, let's meet up and I'll give you the animals that you bought and you I'll, I'll get the animals. Everybody's just like, it's like going together, we're meeting, we're taking our animals home, you know? Yeah because shipping is so hard and so in a way these these meetings there's a lot more i would say maybe more camaraderie to an extent in in some of these in some ways but it's less about selling and more about completing the transaction that started online i, gotcha. I would say and that's my kind of my take on it they do have good turnout um but uh you know every show is different of course yeah gotcha yeah that makes sense okay yeah that's, that's good to know be people travel cool. really far to come to them. That's for sure. You know, all over Europe, people drive in countries away. You know, I guess it's not that different than us driving from states away, but it sounds more impressive when you come from a different country. Yeah, you come from a different country. So the next one is, if you could have dinner with any three people, uh, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Man, um, Honestly, they, they might be more, um, okay, alive. You know, I would want listening to like Patrick Bet David. You guys watch him, Valuetainment. On, he's, I love his podcast. I'd like to meet, I'd like to see him now. He's alive now. Um, what's the podcast called? Um, it's called Valuetainment. Um, okay, it's Patrick Bet David. He's, he's like a business, uh, politics podcast like him a lot um i'd probably go i'd like to make, meet like steve jobs and some of these uh these these business guys and just like just get a feel for you know what that's like um and historically obviously you know some, some of our greatest presidents and everything yeah i don't know i've not thought of that a lot um yeah that's a good question and then the next one is so if you had $10 million to invest, how would you invest it? Well, if I didn't have ball pythons, I'd buy ball pythons probably. <laughs> um, I love real estate though. I've gotten into that in the last three years approximately. Okay. And I only have, I have four properties now that, that are rental properties. Um, and it's not, it's not a significant part of my income, but I enjoy that a lot. And so I think if I was to start fresh, I'd either do ball pythons with the 10 million or, or I'd say, I'm going to do some, you know, start a new journey, you know, one or the other. The problem is, is that if, if I had to start over with ball pythons, it doesn't matter how much money I just, the loss of the, the loss of all the momentum would be just so demoralizing to me, like to start fresh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So like, like I would, I would, it's like, okay. So I play guitar. I played guitar for like, 20 years right and then i put it down okay. for like 10 years so now when i pick up the guitar i'm so demoralized i know how good i used to be right i know how good i used <laughs> to be and i know how long it's gonna take me to get back to where i used to be that i'm like oh, i really want this journey i just I, I shouldn't have ever put it down but now i necessarily <laughs> want to start again you know that's how i feel about ball pythons probably if i was out okay so when you, when you were planning you were doing it on a regular basis was it just solo or did you do it like with a group 
did you do any like kind of performance? Oh, just solo, just solo. And um, I did, um, I took lessons for many years. I was classically trained, learned classical guitar. And then I got more like finger style and everything. I do not have a gift for music. Um, all my, all my skill with guitar came from a mother that would not let me quit playing when I hated it. <laughs> Get me going for years. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have any natural ability. My brother, on the other hand, like he could pick up any instrument and like just start playing. And for me, it's very technical. Like I just got, okay, this finger goes here. And like, I don't have any, it doesn't pour out of my soul, you know, like some people. Gotcha. But, uh, but so that's why probably I put it down eventually and, and didn't pick it back up. But it's, it's good to have discipline and learn something that isn't your natural thing. Gotcha. If you had some uh, extra free time and those investments, would you uh, go down the uh, comedy journey? <laughs> I don't think I'm good enough to be honest with you, but I do enjoy. In fact, I have a tentative plan to to do my second stand up. Um, okay, open mic, right? It's you know, no one's inviting me. Um, an open mic night later this month, and okay. I'm really looking forward to it. Kind of. The funny thing is, is that this is like so momentum based, right? Because when I did the first one, like what it's been like two years, like right in the, during the pandemic. I walked off the stage and I was scared to death to go on. Of course, when I walked off the stage, I was on a high, like that actually kind of worked and people liked it kind of. And like, it was like a big deal. Like, and I was like ready. Like if he told me to turn around and get back on, I would have done it. But then like a week passed and then two weeks passed. And now I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous. You know, it all came back. All that nervousness is now it's been two years, but I have a tentative plan to do it later this month. And uh, hopefully I'll, re I'll get it recorded and, put it online nice. again because that was the most fun that was the most fun part of it is just be able to share it with people but that's not going to become a career <laughs> <laughs> i don't it's it's i'm not i enjoy humor and i'm a little funny but i don't have that gift you know so you already got your jokes planned out like you already know what you're gonna do yeah, i have like i have like an entire document on my computer of like every time i think of something funny i write it down and so i've been working on you know it's only three minutes when they when you go out for open mic so it's very 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 short um but i've been working on you know doing something what's the preparation place uh what's the preparation uh process look like that's a good question i wouldn't say i know it well enough because the first time i went up there i didn't know i was going to do it until i got there we literally went to the place and and they're like just you should just go up and and i had i i literally sat there and watched other comedians and like wrote down a few things um, and then just walked up and did it. So that was terrible preparation. Terrible. Um, now I've not done it since then, but next time hopefully I'll have like literally run through it a few times with somebody in advance, hopefully. Um, and uh, we'll see if that works better or not. <laughs> in a way, it, kinda, it makes it worse. The more times I think I rehearse it, the less funny it seems to me. And then therefore gotcha. I don't have the same affect, you know, in a way. Same energy, right. Right. When you first hear a joke, it's like, man, you would go tell all your friends that joke. It's funny every time. And after a while, it's like, I'm not telling that joke. It's a dumb joke. You know, there's <laughs> no, you know, yeah. you lose it. And that's why yeah, I, that's, I think uh, you have to feed off the audience. That's, if you if you're there and you're telling to people and they laugh hard every time, it keeps you inspired. But if you're just if you're just rehearsing it and it's hard to hard to get there. Yeah. 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 So good luck with that. That'll be dope. Um, yeah. Thanks. I don't know if you remember uh, when Ray uh, made that video, like with the Randy Macho Man Savage impression. Yeah, he, uh, he said he wants you to uh, do a skit. 
I'm, well, I'm not I'm not a, I'm not an actor. That's the thing is I can I can tell a joke, but I can't I can't act like somebody else. You know, I can't do it. That, that's not my skill set. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty funny though. And so, yeah. uh, if there was one question you wish I asked you, oh, what would it be, and how would you have answered? Oh man, I I I don't know. I didn't come in any preconceived ideas. Um, no, I've enjoyed this a lot though. It's it's been it's been a good interview. You've asked a lot of unique questions. That's really awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Yeah, no problem, man. Are yeah, you- I'm just I'm just excited because we're going to you know we're getting on the plane to Arlington tomorrow, and uh, okay, can't wait, can't wait to get there. We'll have a we'll have a clutch booth and uh, just talking about it and letting people in and everything. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm pumped I'm pumped about about the snakes and about the industry and you know everything. Can't wait to see everybody. Yeah, man, I want to make it to Arlington myself. I won't make it this time, but maybe in the fall. Like it's it's kind of a it's kind of a hard maybe right now, but maybe in the fall, definitely 10 in the fall, definitely Daytona. You going to Daytona again this year? Hopefully, hopefully. I was there last time, but just for a very short, short time. Um, I, I, that show has gotten a lot better in the last few years. Like it, we kind of went downhill for a while, like, you know, but now it's like pretty awesome again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Last year was the most fun that I had at it. Um, I've been three times now. Yeah. Yeah, so it went three years in a row, but last year was by far the most fun. Yeah, big time. I see the question here about uh, Monarch versus uh, Ultramel. I'm, uh, <laughs> I am team Ball Python in general, but uh, I like I like Monarchs more than Ultramels right now. Yeah, but that I would not say I would say that I'm not an objective observer though, because I I like what I what I haven't seen and what I'm just starting on. I've been working with Ultramel for so long and I love them, but because they're not as fresh to me as the Monarch, it's just automatically Monarch wins because of that. Gotcha. Probably not, not an objective uh, determination of how pretty they actually are now. Yeah, the, the price of Ultramel is going to plummet now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, me, I'm not giving up on Ultramel. In fact, this year we've been probably the coolest Ultramel they've ever made. I'm really excited about it. But if I could make the same combo with Monarch, I probably would prefer to it. I'm just not as far along with that. I'm kind of just starting that by comparison. So. Yeah, I like a um, like I really want to work. The, I plan on working the Ultra Clown project a lot, and I, I like to see dark jeans and that. I want to get uh, confusion in that project as well, and mm-hmm. a couple other things, and see how that looks. I really want to get Stranger in that project, but it's going to be pretty hard to get Stranger in that project without Stranger in my collection. So that's step one: is get Stranger in the collection. But I definitely yeah. want to see uh, some Stranger combos uh, in the Ultra Clown project. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think we have a pairing for that now. Um, this year, um, I think we're trying to hard to get. Uh, I think what we're working on right this second. I think we have a clutch incubating now for like um, inchy yellow belly spot nose um, ultra mel. Oh no, with black bass. Basically, ultra mel Pompeii is what we're working for. Working towards. I'm not sure we'll hit it right, but we have a lot of the stuff. The red stripe has been the most surprising thing to me. As far as Ultramel goes, it does extremely well in Ultramel. It does shocked me. Like we made a Red Stripe Ultramel clown, and I it looks better now than when it has. It looks it's like a year and a half old now. It's about to start breeding, or year old. And um, 
I cannot. Every time I see that snake, I can't believe it. That, that it's 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 too great. What what that's going to become? I love that project. That red stripe ultra male yellow belly hit clown girl that I got from you. She glows. Really? Yeah. That's just a hat. Yeah. yeah just a hat. Nice. And she glows. My wife calls it the pink snake. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. There's so like, much was, with all this stuff. There's so much just waiting out there. I, you know, it's like, it's like knowing there's diamonds in the mountain and you're just digging for them and you know, they're there like the best ones and you don't know where they're at, but it just, I just love that. I love the, 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 the climb on these, on these projects and just knowing that there's just something so special waiting, waiting at the end of it. Yeah. 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 Like I said, I, I think about it all the time. Like, even when I'm not supposed to be thinking about it, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Just is it a monarch Pompeii? Yeah, man. I mean, absolutely. We are, we have most of the ingredients for that. Putting it together is going to be the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be pretty dope, man. Well, we're coming up on like an hour and a half right now. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. I uh, appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us tonight. It's been definitely, it's definitely been a blast, man. Uh, hoping to get you on the show again. Um, another time, uh, anything you want to say to anybody before, before we head out? No, just, just thanks for joining everybody. And man, it seems like to me like, like this, our, my signal of hearing you is like perfect ever since I got, got on the last time. Like, can you, am I, am I clear to you now? So I hear a little bit of like, kind of like the, the, the really? robotic sound or whatever. Okay. Yeah, like the choppy sound. Now it's been nice. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's been ever since the last long, and that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it helps just to like hop off and hop back on because I know when I hopped off and hopped back on, it was a lot better for me. But uh, sometimes awesome. it just helps just to hop off. Awesome. No, I appreciate you having me on though, and great audience, great, great uh, interactions there, and good to see everybody there, and hope to hope to see some of you guys uh, this weekend. And you know, it'll be pretty, pretty fun. Definitely. Can you hang out for a couple minutes? Uh, sure. Yeah. So everybody, I appreciate y'all coming out tonight. Really appreciate the support. Uh, everybody's been uh, sharing this all week. Really, really appreciate it. Appreciate the excitement. Appreciate the hype. Appreciate all the feedback. Definitely, man. Um, y'all really showed out, and I really appreciate it. So thank y'all for coming out. Be blessed. Peace.